Hi, this is Teresa Gonzalez with Latinas from the Block to the Boardroom. Thank you for subscribing on your podcast platforms. And please visit us at latinasb2b.com to join our newsletter. Right now, please join me for Wendy Ramirez at Spanish Sin Pena. Welcome, Wendy Ramirez from Sin Pena Spanish. And I'd love to introduce her as the founder and owner of a business that she started many years ago. She teaches and coaches Spanish to those who have Latino heritage but don't speak Spanish or are allies of the Latino community. So one of the reasons why I reached out to Wendy is because I'm a Latina and my parents never spoke Spanish to me. My grandparents did, but my parents didn't speak Spanish. And there are many reasons why. One was they were divorced. So the Spanish in the family was separated from my dad's side and my mom's side. And then also there was just this cultural backlash of being Mexican-American and how to navigate the space of my mom not wanting us to be discriminated against as we grew up and going to school and having limited, I want to say, opportunities. But I don't think it's like that right now. So I'm going to introduce Wendy, who decided that this is a bigger issue. And with the Latino population growing over the next 20 years, and it's a younger generation, we're trying to understand why some families choose to keep Spanish in the family and how some families don't want to keep Spanish in the family. So, Wendy, thank you for joining me today. I'm going to let you have the platform and give us a little intro about yourself and how you came about this business. Sure, of course. Um, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for this opportunity to speak to your listeners, to share my story, and then just to serve as a resource for anyone that you know is interested in improving their Spanish. So my story is, you know, when I was really young, Spanish was my first language. But when I got to school, I lost it. So even though Spanish was my first language, by the time that I got to high school, I couldn't speak a sentence without getting stuck. I couldn't say anything without, you know, stuttering or just not being able to come up with the words. And also from really early on, I was always very interested in politics. And I remember watching, you know, Spanish language TV and I would watch some of our elected officials really struggle speaking Spanish. And I was struggling speaking Spanish. I could identify myself with them, but I said, you know what? I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be struggling. So I really made it a point to improve my Spanish and to learn. And one of the things that I did is I studied abroad when I went to college. I went to Berkeley for undergrad and I did a study abroad program in Mexico City. And I remember that I was in a class with all Mexican students and I, the teacher it was a class on Latin American studies. 
And the teacher was always calling on me. And I would stutter and I was so, so nervous. I would even just my stomach, I'd get sick to my stomach trying to like thinking of going to class because she would call on me all the time. And there was another student in my class who was also from the U.S., but she was tall, blonde, blue eyes. And the teacher would call on her once and she would be like, oh, no entiendo. And then the teacher would be like, oh, it's okay, it's okay. But with me, I would struggle to say a couple of words and she'd be like, y que mas, y que mas, like, what else? Like, she really pushed me. And at that time, I mean, again, like I said, I would get so nervous and so just sick to my stomach when I get called on because I felt ashamed. I felt bad. I felt like I had very limited vocabulary. But then I realized that this instructor, this teacher, was doing me a favor and she was looking at me in a way of saying this is your language this is your culture this you know like you should be speaking it better right and you know like that's why she didn't care about the other student but with me she was always you know picking on me and so in that same program I remember I was taking another class which was U.S. Mexico history or in international relations And it's very interesting when you study in a different country, you get a different perspective from the U.S. And so it was a very interesting course and I did enjoy it. But I remember at that time I didn't have a laptop. We Laptops were not that common. That tells you how old I am. But um, <laughs> okay. But I had to I had to write my final exam, handwrite my final exam. And I remember, again, I was so nervous. I was like, oh my gosh, my my Spanish is terrible. And I remember turning in my exam to the instructor and, be, and apologizing, saying, you know what, I'm sorry. Um, my Spanish is not very good. You know, I don't know where accents go. I, I just, I was, you know, really self-conscious about my, my writing as well. <laughs> and then a couple of, you know, days later he returns our final exam and he starts off by lecturing the whole class like you guys you know did not study you did you know this is this is really poor you're not taking this serious and he was lecturing everyone and then he started handing out the exams back and he gave me mine and he said well for not speaking Spanish very good or writing Spanish very good you did really well and that's when I realized that your mistakes don't matter. It's the message that you have to say that really matters. And that's my approach. That's why, you know, in Sp with Spanish Sin Pena, which I started a little bit over a year ago, I've been teaching for many, many years, my whole life in many different careers. But that's my approach. My, pro my approach is focus on your message, focus on your intention. Do not focus. Do not worry about your mistakes. It's easier said than done, of course, you know. But I think that, and I get so excited when a lot of my clients and students that I work with, they start, you know, sending me messages saying like, today I spoke to, you know, like I did a presentation in Spanish and I didn't focus on the mistakes that I was making. I was just into providing the information to the community. 
and that's what I feel very passionate about and I feel very strongly and so I see it as my mission or my job is to see how I can help people how I can make it easier for them to learn mm-hmm. to reclaim their you know the language that yes Spanish is a colonizer language as well but it still connects us to our community here it's still mm-hmm. something that connects us to a lot of our parents or relatives and so yeah i, I want to see your community just feeling proud and not having any more shame around speaking or not speaking and you know and i think i've seen a lot of posts lately that just right. talk about speaking spanish doesn't make you any more or less latino or latinx or you know chicano or whatever you however you identify speaking spanish doesn't make you any less of however you identify but i want to serve as a resource for people that say i do want to learn and it's never too late it's never too late to learn and i want to create a safe space where people feel they're they're connected and and not just to the language but to the culture as well right and i think that's the important piece you mentioned is creating that safe space because i know when i've tried many times to learn spanish even abroad i felt shame shame because my family is you know mexican american my my whole name teresa gonzalez and they're like you don't speak spanish like like what's wrong with you you know like there's something wrong and that really kind of impacts you like hey you don't know my story and i'm trying to get it back so let's have some compassion here and mm-hmm. i th- and the other piece is when you want to reconnect with women and other community members that do speak spanish and you want to work with them I want to say you get this shade from them like oh you're a pocha and you don't speak Spanish and what happened to you you know mm-hmm. what where did that come from or she wants to be white right yeah uh, and I think that goes across the spectrum for a lot of people because that comes from I, I think I mentioned to you in that I want to say crabs in a barrel mentality, right? It's like mm-hmm. if I'm doing better and I'm speaking Spanish or I don't speak Spanish, there's someone else that's trying to pull you down that says in that frame of mind, like, oh, you don't even speak Spanish, right? And I think that's really tough for a lot of Latinx that want to reclaim their language. So I'm really happy that you're in this space, you're creating a safe space, and you want to tell people that it's okay. Because Mm -hmm. this is actually coming back to an internal cultural identity, right, that you and I have talked about. And one of the things is that unless you're 100% Spanish from Spain, then mm-hmm. that is your genetic language. But if you are born here or from Mexico, there's a lot of indigenous languages that we have lost, 
they're they're not a part of us but I think wanting to connect with community is the first step and reclaiming that language yes for sure I mean and for me I think that I at least what I've been learning because I think you know learning Spanish is a lifelong process Mm -hmm. I continue to learn every day and I tell people, you know, you, you're never going to know everything. And even, you know, because there's all these regional differences. So even though Spanish, well, Castellano technically mm-hmm. is what, what they call it from Spain. But even then it's evolved. And even in Spain, I mean, um, you had the Moors in Spain for 500 years. And so you have a huge Arabic influence yep. in, in Spanish mm-hmm. from Spain. And then you come to the Americas and then you have a mixture even of the language with the native languages. So mm-hmm. th- there is like a little sheet that I share that has all these Spanish words that we didn't even know that come from Nahual, Taino, from all these different indigenous oh, languages. So cool. culture. Yeah. So, I mean, when people think, oh, you know, or if they say like Spanish is the language of the colonizer. Well, yes, it is. But like everything, it has evolved. Yes. It, it mixes mm-hmm. in with, with the native. So, yeah, I mean, I think that it's really interesting because one of the regions that I travel a lot to is Yucatan. Mm-hmm. And there's, a, there's a huge Mayan population in Yucatan that still speak Mayan. Wow. And I, and I took a group down to Yucatan for Dia de los Muertos last year. And we met with Spanish teachers. We just wanted to hear the story. We wanted to hear how they celebrated, you know, the traditions in their home. And one of the things that was interesting is we got into asking them if they spoke Mayan. I mean, they spoke Spanish and they spoke English. And they said, no, their grandparents did speak Mayan. Mm Mm-hmm. They didn't speak it themselves anymore. And when we asked them why, it was because the same reason we lose our Spanish here, discrimination. Right. When the Mayan people would go to the city, which is Merida, they were like, if they're speaking Mayan, they were looked down upon. And so they adapted, you know, speaking Spanish and then English, right? That's kind of like the hierarchy that they have. But yeah, I think that a lot of us do not recognize that there is a lot of discrimination with language. And that's why we lose, we lose whatever our native language is. Um, Absolutely. Yep. So one of the things you bring up a good point, and I want to bring up trust in the community, is there was an article in the Washington Post about Julian Castro and how he doesn't speak Spanish very well, so he chooses not to speak Spanish, but he is a political activist in the community. And he's been very fortunate to have an elite um, education and, well, he's a presidential candidate right now. And there's a lot of people that don't want to vote for him. And he's like the first young Latino, you know, person like Obama that's representing a huge majority of Latinos, Latinx, and people have their 
oh, well, he's not this or that, or he doesn't even speak Spanish, right? And I find that very disturbing <laughs> that yeah. people are not going to vote or feel that he's worthy because he doesn't speak fluent Spanish, right? Did you know this? Did you know about that? Uh, yes. I mean, I worked in Washington, D.C. for 11 years. Awesome. And I worked, in, I worked in politics. I worked in Congress. I was there when Julia Castro was Secretary of HUD. So awesome. I definitely, I'm definitely, politics is, is one of the areas where I really developed my professional career in. And also why I also feel passionate about this issue. Right. I think that you can't blame Julian for not speaking, especially in Texas. There's a deep rooted history. And I actually was just recently, um, this past weekend, there is a professor who wrote a book on Spanish as an American language. Mm -hmm. And she breaks down the whole history of the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo, what she calls language rights. And so we have a deep, deep history that we do not know of or are aware of that impacted our ability to communicate in Spanish. And so I don't blame him for not speaking. I think that his stance on issues and how they affect our community are important and he has an important voice that needs to be at the table right at the same time you know my thing is for the people that want to learn I want to support them and so one of the things that I would see also working in DC is just the importance of your message getting across and so a lot of our elected officials when they would go I remember this was when we past Obamacare or health care, mm -hmm. we also had some of our Latino leaders on radio right. speaking in Spanish, trying to inform the community on how to register, where to register. There were sometimes where the mistakes were just so, so hard to understand and follow in Spanish that I remember thinking to myself, just with a little bit of help, this message would be so much clearer and they can really reach a broader audience. Mm -hmm. And so my message is like, it's, you know, we don't blame you. You represent our community regardless if you speak or don't speak Spanish, but try, you know, like try to improve, work on it and try to learn it because it's never too late. Right. And I think people should like myself, which is why I reach out to you, is that I want to go back to the language I want to be a part to stand with a community that's actually suffering right now. They have no communication out into the world or to our community back if we don't understand the language. And how can we help more of our brothers and sisters than to try, at least try, to regain some of that language? And I'm really shocked. There was a video on YouTube that came out by a woman who married an American guy. She was Latina. She's lived in Montana for many years. They have a few kids and her sister came to visit. It's a viral video actually. And they went to the store and they were speaking Spanish. And I guess ICE was around and asked for all their identification, even though they were both, or she was an American citizen but detain them 
and said, <laughs> well, you guys aren't speaking English, so you're not from here. Oh, it was awful. It was just amazing. And she was, she posted it on social media saying, look what's happening. I've been living here. My kids are natural. I'm married to, you know, a weddle, a white man. <laughs> and, you know, he is actually a part of the system. But anyway, she couldn't take it that people were berating her on social media. It was just vicious. And I'm just like, whoa. And it's the media, I think, that's turning us against each other with the Spanish because I feel the media and education has been turning that around on the politics and why Julian Castro is not getting as much popularity as he should because he is moving in the education system of getting and championing the ethnic studies and community. Yeah. His wife's an educator and she's doing amazing things. So I really hope that this podcast touches some people to know they don't have to be ashamed to at least try to speak Spanish. I'm going to work with Wendy. This is one of my personal goals for next year is to really work on a communicative level of Spanish so that we can have bilingual podcasts, people that want my podcast in Spanish, I can translate it into Spanish. And so we can have everybody listen to the things that are very important to our community and how we want to empower women. And yeah. I don't want to be my worst enemy, but I have been awful at trying to keep up with Spanish every time I've learned. It's like you and I talked about, Wendy. It's like going to the gym. You have to go to the gym. You got to work out to get results. It's the same thing with learning Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> right? Well, yeah. I mean, well, a couple of things to your point. I think the first thing that I want to say is I've seen some people express this, that first your shame for speaking Spanish, like the incident and a lot of incidents that we have seen on social media where yeah. a lot of people come and say, speak English and just just to make a point English is not the official language of the US you the US is one of eight countries that does not have an official language wow that's cool to know <laughs> yes so for all those ignorant people that are you know when they hear someone speaking Spanish or another language and try to tell someone to speak English you're in America get your facts straight number one So that's the thing. It's like your shame for speaking Spanish. And then as a Latino or Latinx young person who struggles with Spanish, then your shame for not speaking Spanish right. is like you're shamed both ways. And I mean, it shouldn't be that way. But I think we have the power and the capacity to shift that mindset, to shift those negative feelings that people try to put on ourselves mm -hmm. because we can choose not to accept them. So when... You know, some people choose they're not going to speak Spanish and that's fine. If that's their choice. Great. Again, you don't have to. But I personally just have had so many professional opportunities mm -hmm. and have had so many doors open to me. Right. Because of my ability to speak Spanish. And I, I love it. I mean, I love I love to travel. I love just being able to connect 
with different people and understand and learn and be curious about their language. And in terms of, of Spanish being like going to the gym, I completely agree with you. <laughs> One, but my, this is my approach in terms of the way that I teach. Right. My approach is I'm going to make it fun. Mm-hmm. You know, like exactly when you go to the gym, you know, if you just have to go and run or do cardio or whatever no you like put your music on and you like get in the zone right and then sometimes you want to go because you know you're going to see your friends there right and so to me that's the way that I approach learning it's like my focus is how to make it fun because you already have too much shame and too much stress around it yeah and then how to make it helpful to you right one of the things that I, I love to do when I teach is kind of discover what people are passionate about mm-hmm. and then talk about that oh. so that they forget the insecurities, they forget like what's holding them back because they're so excited about the topic right. that they want to talk about that and they want to communicate that. Right. And so, yeah, you know, there's a way to make it enjoyable. Right. You know, going back to your first point, I feel that I've lost out on opportunities because I haven't spoken fluent Spanish. And it just, it's crushing to me when people are like, oh, you know, Teresa, they're going to be expanding in LATAM. Uh, do you speak Spanish? Because there's probably some roles. And it's like, no, I don't know that much Spanish, but I could probably get by. And they're like, no, we need someone that rewrites fluent blah 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 and I'm like oh okay but I think that has hindered a lot of my progression but not too much I mean I've I've still done a considerable amount of yeah. of work in tech but this is something deep down that has just been I don't want to say a bitter root but it is something that has been calling me that I really need to work on and I think it was just serendipitous that you and I connected And that we're able to share that you don't have to be embarrassed. You have to build trust in a safe space to speak about it. Because there's probably other reasons why people don't want to speak Spanish from a shaming incident or something very traumatizing. And it touches them, right? So that could be part of it as well. So there's many things. One of the things that I always tell or that I go around and I do events and workshops and I do them all across the country. And I also work with people all across the country. Mm-hmm. I've talked to people from Montana. I've talked to people from Texas. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I work with people all because again, this is an issue that we all have. Right. But one of the things that I say, the first thing that, that I tell people is tell your story mm. regardless of, of what it is, but get it out there because what I've learned about shame is that the best way to release and get rid of shame mm-hmm. is by sharing. Yeah. It's by sharing it, bringing it into the light, talking about it. So I tell people, tell your story whenever you have an opportunity. And when I do my events, I have people share their stories mm-hmm. because I think it's, it's very powerful for us to learn and acknowledge that we all have a different upbringing, a different circumstance and that's one step that'll move you beyond that shame. Yeah. I had this uh, activity once 
at a nonprofit get together. Well, it's not really a nonprofit, but anyway, it was a community get together. And someone said, write this letter to your great, 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 great grandmother. And think about what you would say to her and what she would say to you in this time. It was very heavy, I have to say. It was really heavy. Because when you think about it, we've all been separated to know who our real family is, right? And I've said this, I think, before in other podcasts that, you know, white folks can trace their lineage back many, many decades, centuries, sometimes, you know, a long way back. But for us, and also African American folks, you know, we're broken. And it's hard for us to trace our lineage back maybe a hundred years, if we're lucky. So that was a really powerful moment for me to write a letter that I think that my grandmother would, would say to me in this moment of what I'm doing. And it made me cry because I said, you know, I want to speak to that person. And I think that's a part that's coming through me right now to say, this is what I need to do. And speaking Spanish to connect with a community is part of that. So I thank yeah. you for existing, Wendy. <laughs> Yay! No, no, it's so true. Like, I can tell you that I have a couple of people that I've been working with because, you know, there's two paths, right? But it's both. We want Spanish for a professional level to have more of those opportunities, but it's also to connect with our family mm -hmm. and our community. So some of the people that I work with and just lately, I've been getting the messages where they tell me because I give exercises and activities. And for example, this month, one of the exercises is I want you to interview an, someone in your family or an elder in Spanish to talk about the holidays. How did they celebrate Christmas when they were young? Mm -hmm. What were some of the traditions? And so I'm making them go out and do these interviews. And I've gotten feedback from some of the people that have connected with their grandparents, have connected with family and have spoken to them in Spanish, in their language, and then have told me how touched their grandparents were mm -hmm. and how they just felt like, oh my gosh, like I can actually connect yeah. with my family now. Mm -hmm. And to me, when I hear those stories, when people tell me that, I'm just like, my work is so worth it. You know, like, right. I, I don't want to be doing anything else. Right. Your heart is full. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. hearing, hearing those stories. Yeah. Well, my grandfather was Native American and I didn't know that and he spoke Spanish, but he's Yaqui Indian and I didn't know that till many years that after he died. So there's that language, right? You have yeah. the Native American language and then you have Spanish. So I don't know how deep I'll go there, but I'm very connected <laughs> to the Native American community as well. And, you know, I just feel I'm very blessed with the people in my life that are giving me this opportunity. And I feel that working with women like you who are starting this business to reach out to the community and how we can all work together and not feel shame in reconnecting with a language that's going to support us is amazing. And I thank you for that. 
course. And I think, you know, one of the things, because I also very, I'm very, very connected to my indigenous roots mm -hmm. and I'm very connected to that community. I do a lot of ceremony in many different ways, dance, prayers. And one of the things that I think, I feel that connection like in my heart, even though I don't speak the native languages, mm -hmm. that connection is not only in my heart, it's in my soul. It's yeah. part of who I am. Yeah. And that's the same way that people that don't speak Spanish feel about their community. You yeah. know, like even if you don't understand the language, it's in your heart. Yeah. <laughs> But again, I just feel that you can learn anything at any age and anything is possible. And so it's just how much of an effort you're willing to make and how committed you are. Right. And I think 2020 is the year, at least for me. <laughs> you know, I also, I also want to take a second because I know we've talked about this before, but you've made an effort, right? You've mm -hmm. tried before. And I'll tell you this as well. Like, it's hard. It's not easy. It's not just to say, oh, I want to learn Spanish. I'm going to like, you know, study 30 minutes a day. Because one of the things that I feel is you need to put it into practice. Yes. So you need that practice. And unless it's part of your job, mm -hmm. a lot of people don't have those opportunities to practice. Right. They don't have those opportunities to, you know, so it it's not even that they don't want to or that they're ashamed. Some of people is just not easily available to mm -hmm. them but you've you've made an effort and you've tried and so you know that shows a lot that shows that it's something that's calling you yes it's been calling it's like this little uh seed or like you know like the little alien in alien that just wants to come out <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding but yeah but Wendy I want to thank you and I want to make sure that people know about Spanish Sin Pena so they can find you on Instagram they can click on the link in your bio yes yeah, so I want to just kind of let people know how they can connect with me obviously I'm on Spanish Sin Pena everywhere on Instagram Facebook Um, one of the things for any listeners that might be in the LA area, I do events all the time. I also do online seminars and webinars. So they follow me, they can get an update. But I also will be opening up our application process for our next program. And, you know, there's everything where I offer scholarships, I offer work study programs. And some people also, their jobs might pay for this as professional development. So there's a lot of different opportunities, but I also offer in 2020 individual one-on-one -on -one strategy sessions with mm -hmm. me. So people can also sign up for that. And even, you know, just kind of to talk through your story, talk through your struggle, talk about where you want to be and what's holding you back. I'm happy to also just kind of give you my feedback and give you just resources and tools on how to incorporate that learning into your everyday life. So I will also have that available for any listener who wants to talk to me more about Spanish. Yay. 
Well, not too much because I'm going to take up most of your time. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, Wendy. Well, thanks. This was amazing. I'm really happy. And I do look forward to speaking with you more next year. So have a great holiday. And we're going to have a follow-up to this. Maybe a, another podcast and it'll be in Spanish. En español. En español, sí, sí, sí. Muchas gracias. Muchas gracias a ti. Muchas gracias Feliz Navidad. Gracias. Muchas gracias. But yes, thank you so much, Teresa. Thank you for the work that you do. Thank you for helping our community the way that you do. And I and I look forward to amplifying your voice and being Aww. able to spread your message in Spanish. Thank you. Yes, let's let's continue to do that for all of us. Yay. All right, Wendy, have a great evening and I'll be in touch with you soon. Thank you. Okay. Okay, bye. <laughs>